fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up. Father, as we bow before your throne of grace today, we find ourselves unworthy in our own merits. And the only worth we have is because the blood was shed for us. And to think you thought so much of us that you gave your own life on our behalf. God so loved the world. I want to thank you for loving me, Lord. I'm so glad to be your child today, birthed by your spirit, washed in your blood, filled with your Holy Spirit. It's so precious to us, Lord, and we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And Lord, if we've held back anything in our lives from you, we want to give that to you too, Lord, because we want to be totally yours, sold out, holding nothing back fully surrendered and I'm here today Lord is just a servant of yours to wash the feet of your children Lord maybe even by the words that I speak that would wash the dirt off their feet where they've walked through the world you will you wash them you cleanse them but today may it just be a great foot washing where you just wash all of the things of the world off our lives where we walk down the dirty paths where we're in this world but we're not of it and so we ask lord for your cleansing today and your purging by your blood because if we'll be purged now by your blood we won't have to be purged in the tribulation that is coming and we know it's here we feel the hot winds that are already blowing we see the trouble on the horizon. The storm is coming. Oncoming storms of judgment that are lie, laying in wait for this earth. 
but just as soon as your bride leaves from here the vials will be poured out of judgment those who have rejected your word and been left behind will suffer the consequences of their decisions I pray today that you would speak to our hearts Lord that you'd anoint us by your spirit God I'm here Lord for a new phase in my ministry a greater anointing I'm looking forward to what you have in the future knowing that you called us for a purpose and we're here to finish the race Lord we pray Lord for your servants everywhere that are gathered across the world we're not the only ones here in the evening light tabernacle you've got people little churches everywhere across the world and there's no big one of us or little one of us we're all the same in your sight we're just a part each one like a cell in the body and I pray Lord you'll bless each one because if they suffer we suffer if they're in need we're in need if they're sick we're sick heal your people Lord bring deliverance to your children these that we've asked for for the COVID and Lord a young man with a little wife that's they're crying out today for deliverance heal them I pray father in my hand today is a desperate need Lord it represented oh God in this prayer that I'm bringing a little sister from South Africa and she's heard how that you heal she's heard how you delivered that you delivered another from third stage cancer and, and, and gave the husband a job and put him back on the road to in the perfect will of God oh God this little soul is a prodigal to this trade oh God she's confessed all kinds of things that she didn't need to confess to me but she's a desperate soul Lord may she turn to you with all her heart I pray Lord as we send this prayer cloth to South Africa and it reaches its destination I pray oh God the evil spirits that has been and bound her down will be removed from her life oh God the sins which are many and she's like the woman at the well she needs a deliverance deliver your people dear God I pray that you'll bless there's this seen audience and the unseen Lord just before walking out brother William Butts just showed me a picture of our, our, our part of our body part of the church here as they're out on a little holiday and camping this weekend yet they're all sitting together to take part of the word I pray that the same anointing the same presence of God that is here will be there and that you'll move among them delivering them and providing for their need we're asking these things because we believe we're expecting you to do great things because you promised in jesus name amen and amen praise god god bless you amen god bless you amen it's good to be in the house of the lord Amen. I asked the librarians to come get this handkerchief after church to be sent over to South Africa for a need there that we just prayed about and knowing God will answer that need.
Amen. I want to send greetings around the world today to with the different ones that are joining with us. They've already had their services in different places, but you know, it's uh, nighttime over in um, South Africa, and there's believers there, Brother Kalen, his and groups with him, and down with Brother uh, Eddick and Wilson down in another part, and then, then others that are joining in told me, Brother Buzz Mosey from U- Uganda that's uh, tuned in today, and, and uh, our, our folks that's up in Arkansas, no, they're not backslid, it's a good thing, amen, we love you, and we are glad that you was able to get away a little bit, just we should have worked on another weekend, <laughs> but anyway, we're here, and we're thankful to God for his blessings to us. Isn't God good to give us so many blessings? Amen. Amen. I thank you for your attendance of the meetings and everything that you did. You know, we've not really been able to express a lot of thanksgiving to you for the, you being such a wonderful and gracious host to the many that came and providing them with meals and places to stay and different things. And, and uh, my, what a tremendous services we had. Just power packed one after another, God speaking to us in a wonderful way, and I so appreciated the ministry that God sent to us, all the way from Brother David Mayer with his message, all the way through Brother Wayne and Brother Ron and, and uh, Brother Donnie Reagan, and, and then, you know, God was so gracious to forewarn us about the valley that was coming, Amen. That shows how mindful that God is. And he received a word from, the, from God telling us that, that we would come down from this mountaintop. And we had had mountaintops experience. Why? Wow, there were those who actually uh, are, are not just fly by night, um, uh, easily mis, uh, misled uh, people, but they actually saw the pillar of fire among us. And, you know, things that were happening like that, we know he was here. You may not have seen him, but we know he was here. Amen. I know he's here this morning. The angels of the Lord encamp about those that fear him. Amen. And delivers them. Amen. So we're in the moment of great deliverance. Well, we've been down in the valley, but we found out that the God of the hills is still the God in the valley. That our God is still God no matter where we are and what our situation is. Amen. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you for all your prayers that you've had for me since um, my little surgery. And I'm doing well. And I want to thank you for your, your prayers and thank the Lord for his blessings to us. Amen. Um, John chapter 11 verse 21 is where I want to read from this morning as we just... Look to the Lord. Amen. I don't see anybody here that's really a visitor, but anyway, uh, everybody is, is here. is just a part of the body, so we're just glad to have you here with us today. Amen. Look into the Lord now as we look into the Scripture, asking that he would just anoint us by his grace. John chapter 11, verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord... If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now. Don't you love those words? Even now, 
whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Amen. May God bless his word. You can be seated. In our scripture reading today, we are finding that Jesus was standing at the tomb of Lazarus. And he was about to raise a man that, you know, whose body was already, had already seen corruption. He had been dead for four days. And yet, as he even looks at death where the body is corrupted, he declares that I am the resurrection and the life. And, and of course, you know, he's the resurrection and the life. And, 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 and he, he does in that moment what we all yearn to see. And that's not just for one man to be raised from the dead. But for all the dead in Christ of the Gentile ages to be raised. Now, Jesus makes clear before the resurrection of Lazarus. And this, this occasion, remember, if he, if he had not said, Lazarus, come forth, and just said, come forth, then all the dead would have obeyed his voice. But already before the resurrection of all the dead, you know, that would come forth, that would, that would raise when he rose, Jesus announces, I am the resurrection and the life. And I just want to say today that even so before the rapture and the resurrection of the New Testament dead, there must be a people who can honestly declare that they are the resurrection and the very life of the Word of God. Now, because, because the two... Christ and his bride are one, so whatever he does, she must immolate. Whatever word he fulfills, she must also in feminine form fulfill the word that has been left for her. Now, many people today, you know, we hear them saying that they have the token, uh, you know, as if it was some type of a lucky charm or a talisman, which, uh, when it's obvious that they don't have the Holy Ghost at all. The token isn't a, a, a talisman or a lucky charm at all or just a saying that we say, oh, we are, we've applied the token or we have the token. What the token is, is the literal life of Jesus Christ. And having his life makes us the bride. And if as the bride, then we are the life of the word. So when we look at that, not only is Christ the word, but his bride is a word bride. She also is the word. And as he would say, as the groom fulfilled the Old Testament, so will the bride fulfill the New Testament. So we have a word that we must fulfill in this day. 
Now, you might be just a church member, but until you have his life, that literal life of Christ, you can never, ever be Christ's bride. I know we use that term kind of loosely, I'm the bride of Christ, or we're the bride of Christ, or, or, but, but you cannot be the bride of Christ until you receive his life. It is that which brings you in union with Jesus Christ, making you a part of his bride. But instead of that, you're just a dead church member, a professor without a possession. We got too many of those today, amen, because we are in the hour of impersonation. It is the day of Janus and Jambres where that many are rising up, not just preachers, but lay members as well, impersonating Christianity when they're not real. But I want to tell you, in spite of all the faults, there is a real bride. There is a real Holy Ghost. And there are people that has the real token. It is the power of God and the salvation. Hey, well, Brother Tim, what we want is we want an Acts 2 church. We want miracles and we want signs and we want wonders. Well, what about the miracle of just living a Christian life? What good would all the signs and wonders do without the miracle of a Christian life? Amen. The miracle of being a good husband. The miracle of being a good wife. The miracle of a marriage of no regrets. Amen. That's exactly right. You know, that's what God wants. He wants you to emulate him. A father to emulate his fatherhood. A son to emulate his sonship. A husband to emulate him. Amen. A a wife to emulate the bride of Christ, him in feminine form. This is what God wants in this hour. He wants more than lip service. He wants more than church attendance. There's better churches to attend. There's bigger churches to attend. There's more fluent churches to attend. God don't want church attendance alone. What God wants is a heart that is sold out to him. A life that is surrendered. Amen. Completely where they're dead to the world and they have been made alive in Christ. That they are the resurrected ones. That's what I'm preaching on this morning is the people of the resurrection. In Ephesians chapter 2, he tells us right there, and you hath he quickened. You hath he resurrected or made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. We were all born dead. We needed a resurrection. Amen. If you haven't received Christ yet, you need a resurrection. Amen. We're in times past. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our manner of life. Amen. In times past, in the lust of our flesh. Adriana, that's Ephesians 3, 3 now. Among whom we had our, our manner of life in in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, look here, look what kind of nature we have. By nature, we were the children of wrath, even as others. 
Sorry, we were all born this way. There's none exempt. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. There's every one of us came here needing a savior, needing a redeemer. We need to be saved from our own self. We need to be saved from our pride. We need to be saved from our selfishness. All about me. We needed Jesus. We were by nature the children of wrath. But that's not the end of the story. The, never, the next verse begins with but. But God. Aren't you glad the story didn't end in the, the, the verse before? Amen. Here comes the cornerstone right here that changes the whole scene. But God. I was a sinner, but God. I was lost, but God. I was a drunkard, but God. I was a whoremonger, but God. I was the worst of the worst, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy. For his love wherewith he loved us. He didn't love you because you were lovable. He loved you when you were unlovable. And think of this. Knowing you would fall and knowing the mess you would get in, he loved you before all of that. God ain't going to quit loving his own. They're part of him. He cannot deny himself. Now, so even when we were dead in sins, notice our condition, dead in sins, he hath quickened us or resurrected us or made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Oh, thank God for his favor. And he has raised us up. Notice raised us up, resurrected us up, raised us up with him together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What words of promise these are. Colossians 3.1, if you then be risen with Christ, notice it was not just Jesus rose, he wanted you to experience the resurrection also. You know, we all preach about the day he raised from the dead. But what about the day you raised from the dead? And remember, you were in him when he raised. Hallelujah. Amen. You were in him when he raised from the dead because the bride had not been separated from the body yet. Come on. Amen. So you died with him and you raised with him and you ascended with him. Come on, church. And every devil is under your feet because of him. Hallelujah. You say, how in the world could this ever be? Well, you know, you can look back at Calvary and see where you raised with him because you were in him. So you know you're going to raise with him now. You know, Brother Branham preached a sermon called One in a Million. It stumbled some people. They looked and said, one in a million, how could I ever make it? How could I ever make it? There's one in a million. I mean, 
you know, then, then how in the world could I ever make it if there's only one in a million? Thinking about that one time, I begin to think about it. You know, yeah, one in a million. I said, you know, thinking of that, when I was born, I was one in a million of little seeds, little germ lice that was looking for an egg, a union. Somebody with me? Amen. I was one in a million and I was blind. I couldn't see. I'd never been that way before. Amen. I didn't have hands and feet. I had a little wiggle tail that just wiggled along, you know, in the, in the darkness. Amen. But I've already made it once. So how can I make it? I've made it once. If I can make it once, come on. Amen. Then surely by his grace, by his mercy, I can make it twice. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4 says, when Christ, who is our life. It's Christ in our lives that makes us a Christian. It's Christ in our lives that sets us apart from the world. It is Christ in our lives is what makes us alive to God and dead to sin. It is a resurrection to life and now you're dead to sin and adultery and fornication and drunkenness is all gone. The old mean, dominating, hateful, selfish ways are gone. You're raised from the grave of sin and and left behind jealousy and envy and hatred and the works of the flesh and raised up with the love of God. Amen. With the power to forgive and to love your enemies. Amen. It'll make a man love his wife and give himself for her. Amen. This will cause a wife to reverence her husband and the results will be a Christ-centered home. Amen. With children that will want to have the same kind of life. No, not religious quacks with religious spirits. Not super duper Christians with the pretense of being spiritual. You know, I get sick of people trying to impress me with their talks from God that are obvious impersonations, not for real. It's time to be real. Not legalism either. Or some self-righteousness or self-made manufactured holiness. There's your other extreme. Remember this. Satan don't care how religious you are or how right you are in your doctrine. If you miss that life. You won't come up anyhow. No matter how religious, how good, how many churches you belong to or will belong to. It doesn't matter one thing unless you're born again. That's what our prophet told us. You see, he don't care how religious He don't care how many times you come to church. He don't care how good you can sing. He don't care how much you jump and run down the aisles. If you miss that life, you have missed everything. And every 
person should seek for one thing. Let me find that life. But as Brother Branham told us in Ephesian church age, people live today like this is the only thing there was. Just live here on the earth, that's all. I talked to a man in the barber shop the other day, you know, and we were, we were speaking just a moment. He asked me who I was and where I come from and whatever. He happened to be a former barber in the town, and I'd never went to his shop. And he, we were sitting down, and he was talking with me, and, and I just told him, I said, all of your life will mean nothing unless you meet the Lord. I said, I know you've been a barber and you've probably been a witness to everybody in the whole wide world that sat down in your chair. But I'm telling you, you don't want to meet God in the condition you're in. You know, people go along life as if, you know, and as I explained to him, I said, you should live every day as though this would be your last one. That's the way I preach a sermon as if it's going to be the last sermon I ever preach. I want to preach it with everything I got. With sincerity, with dedication, with consecration. Now, he said, you don't realize you got a soul that's going to leave here and go somewhere. And you seal your destination right here. The way you live and the way you do out holding grudges and mean and everything and then run to church. Oh, mercy. What shame on you. You bring a reproach upon the cause of Christ. He says, the bootlegger isn't hurting the church. It isn't that. It isn't the prostitute that's hurting the church. It's the people who profess to be Christians that's hurting the church. And he says, we know what the bootlegger is, what the prostitute is, but when our sisters dress like a prostitute, that's different. That's what hurts the church. When a man drinks like the bootlegger, well, that's what's hurt the church. They're professing to be a Christian and they do that. And people look for you, uh, look for you that name. In other words, identify you with that name. But let every, let him that even names the name of Christ depart from sin. Get away from it. Oh, we're so short, brothers. Me, you, all of us, we're short of what Christ wants us to be. And right here in this day, it's time to lay aside every sin that's easily besets us and run with patience. Amen. The race that is set before us. Amen. This is the hour. This is the time. It's the time to quit pretending and be real. Pretenders. We got a lot of pretenders around. Pretenders who have pretended that nothing will happen until Brother Branham comes back. I'll tell you, you better hope he don't come back. You'll get the greatest rebuke of your life. We have pretenders as preachers that turns out to be perverts and adulterers and drunkards and live in filthy lives. Oh, yeah. We have pretenders of being so spiritual they can't be led. We are, you know, but I want to ask you, why be a pretender when you can be real? Amen. Christ is going to have preeminence in his church. Amen. And he wants to be the Lord of your life. To be, to have lordship is to be the ruler. 
to be your guide. He, listen, it's not that he just wants to possess you in order to control you. He wants to, he wants to take over the lordship of your life to keep you from the rulership of Satan. Because you're going to be under one lord or the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't remain in between. You are either a worshiper of Jesus Christ or you're a worshiper of Satan. One or the other. Now, Brother Branham would say this. His unfailing faith put him, Jesus, in position to know he was the perfect born son of God. If your faith will put you in position to know that every divine promise of God's Bible is for you, just as sure as that pertained to him, every promise pertains to you, your healing, the salvation, your freedom from sin, from selfishness, from your indifference, from your little turtle shell you pull yourself into, Christ wants to come in and be the Lord and ruler and set you free from these things. Hallelujah. But I'm speaking today to people of the resurrection. They're not pretenders. They're not imagining things. They're not putting themselves on as being spiritual and are not. They're for real. Amen. We are the people of the resurrection. We have been resurrected out of cold, dark denominationalism. A people that's been made alive who have more than the mechanics, but to have the dynamics with it. Here in Brother Branham and it is the rising of the sun. He clearly tells us that for the first time there will come forth for the bride age. How many knows we're in the bride age? Amen. For a resurrection out of dark denominationalism. You see, you were in a Baptist tomb or a Methodist tomb or a Pentecostal tomb or a Catholic tomb or some of you were even in a message tomb. Amen. But there has been a resurrection out of the tomb. Hallelujah. A people who are the first one of the ages out from among the dead. They are the first fruits of the end time resurrection. They are emulating and projecting exactly what Christ was 2,000 years ago. The first from the dead. A people who can say, I am the resurrection. I am the life of this word. That's who I am. You see, now, he said there would come forth for the bright age of resurrection. Out of dark denominationalism will be a message. A lot of people have a lot of different ideas what the message is. But here's the message. That the full maturity of the word has turned back in full power. And being waved on the people by the same signs and wonders he did back there. There's the message. The message is not a powerless word. It's not a bunch of creeds and dogmas of man. The message is life. It is alive. It has power in it. It has life changing power. A lot of people are claiming to have the message and their life is not changed. But if you get the message, it's a message of the full maturity of the word is turned back in its full power by the same signs and wonders. And guess what? You become the sign and the wonder. 
The greatest miracle you will ever have is your own life surrendered to Christ. Because I live, you shall live also. These were the words of Jesus. Because I live, you shall live. Because I live, you shall live. Speaking to his wife. What a resurrection that was 2,000 years ago. But what a resurrection this is. To be quickened from the dead, to be made alive in Christ Jesus by God's quickening power. Now, as we think of this resurrection, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And as I said, there has to be a people, a bride in this last day that emulate the same thing. And resurrection means revival. That's one word, to revive, revival. If you have a resurrection, you have a revival. And this bride's revival is the greatest revival that ever struck the earth. Amen. It's greater than the day of Pentecost. Because it's the harvest of the wheat grain and not its planting. Amen. It's rapture time. It is bride time. So we are living in the greatest revival that that there ever was. You say, Brother Tim, I I don't see any revival. Well, open your eyes. Take a look around. You won't have to look very far. Just look right here. Look around and see it in your neighbor next door. You are the revival. Amen. I once was dead in sin's trespasses, but now I am alive forevermore. And I've got the keys of death and of hell. Hallelujah. Satan's kingdom can't hold me down. Doctors can't hold me down. Death can't hold me down. There is nothing that can captivate me and hold me captive. No sin, no habit, no complex can bind me and hold me down. I am he that was dead, but I have risen from the dead of sin. And I am alive forevermore. And I hold the key. Brother Branham would say, in the invisible union of the bride, and I was there, when many walked out as he preached, not liking what he was saying. As I watched women sit in front of me and poke one another and laugh and point at Brother Branham as he spoke those things. But he said something there in the invisible union. The move is on for the bride. That's thus saith the Lord. When God releases a move, it don't stop till it fulfills what he sent it for. And this revival didn't just start. It began as the son of righteousness shed Forth the rays of the evening light with a divine healing movement. Let me tell you there, the sick were healed. Amen. The dead were raised. Blind eyes was opened. The deaf heard. Cripples walked. And more than that, it brought men and women to a spirit-filled life. Amen. This revival produces good marriages. Wonderful children. Spirit-filled churches. Come on. 
Amen. I saw a picture the other day projected there of, of what things used to be. Used to be a man and his wife laying up in bed reading the Bible together before they went to sleep. Now they're there with, she's on her phone and he's on his. That's the, that is the temptations of this life, the snares. To get caught up in nonsense. Who cares if your neighbor burner beans? Who cares if she was making cupcakes today? Who cares if she got a new couch? We get so caught up in, in everybody else and knowing what everybody else is doing instead of what we're supposed to do. We use the Facebook, but we don't face the book. It's time we be real. We're in the last hour. We're in the last days. Are you with me? Amen. This is where we are. This is the time that we're in. And we must realize that we cannot be impersonators and put-ons and pretenders. We've got to be for real. Amen. We are children of the resurrection. Now, as I said, this, this revival caught fire with God doing extreme things. And let me tell you, it continues with God doing extreme things. It brought Bible days here again. It's like walking in the Bible. No longer is Jesus a God of the past. But this revival has brought him present. Amen. Amen. No more do we long for the days of Elijah. These are the days of Elijah. Amen. These are the days where the word spoken, the message preached, makes dry bones live. Amen. We are in the days of Elijah. Yeah, we saw him taken from us. But the spirit of, the, of Elijah, that, that anointing of Christ is still anointing the people here in this end time. Amen. Because we are the people of the resurrection. Not somebody that's dead in sins and trespasses and creeds of men. But people of the resurrection. We are not dead just because the prophet is gone. We are not a powerless group of people whose only weapon is argument. Come on. We are the Elisha group. Amen. That follows Elijah. We're not, we're not chasing where he went. We are not looking for him to return. We are finishing the work that Elijah did. Amen. That Elijah commissioned us to. If you read the Bible, Elisha was left with a double portion to finish the ministry of Elijah. Amen. I'm here to finish the ministry. I, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not crowing and say I'm the one. That's not it. I'm a part of the great move of God. This bride's revival began with vivid proof of the word among us. It divided but sundered between the soul and the spirit. It revealed the thoughts and intents of heart. It continues with God doing the same thing. Resurrection also is a restoration. And that restoration was spoke of and prophesied of in Malachi 4 to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. And I just wonder, you know, a lot of times we, we, we find people 
almost uh, offensive to that. You know, uh, we we don't want to go back to the faith of the Pentecostal fathers. But that's what Elijah the prophet was sent to do. Over and over and over we were told this is the goal. This is the purpose of sending Elijah. Is to turn your hearts back to the original faith. Come on. Amen. Turning the heart back to the original faith of the fathers. Now, and that isn't word only because Paul was clear. The word don't just come in word only. It comes with power and much assurance. Now, Brother Branham would be emphatic. He said, God ain't going to plant a new church. But he's going to bring back his original planting to original seed. This is the age of restoration. It's the age of the finished cycle. We come and we made a huge circle. Like eternity is a circle. And we come back and been brought back to exactly where the church started to finish the cycle. It's the age of the finished cycle. It not only brought healing from cancer, tuberculosis, diabetes, and heart trouble. It healed us. Of 2,000 years of false doctrine. It brought us back to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen. It, it, it brought us back, you know, to, to truth. It healed us from the errors of the past. The thing that would kill Luther's movement. A Trinitarian baptism and a triune God and and, and an organization. The things that's killed other movements has been healed. We don't suffer with it no more. Come on. Amen. We have a foot upon it. We have been made conquerors. Amen. The false doctrines of the past have been taken away. We're back to the same gospel that Paul preached. Back to Paul's gospel. And you know what Peter preached and what Paul preached. Bible days, Bible doctrine, Bible truth, Bible holiness. It's a restoration of the apostles' doctrine, but not word only, but with power. Brother Branham would talk about this restoration and restoration of the bride tree. And he said to restore means to return to the former owner. So you had to go come from God. You had to be a part of that in order to receive that. You see, to restore means to bring back, to return to the former owner, not or bring back to the former estate of condition. So bring it back, former owner, bring it back to the former estate. And we can enforce a claim to be restored. Now, Webster says the word restore means to bring back the former owner or to bring back to a former state of condition. If a claim is made on something to make that restoration, you can enforce it to make it come back in its right place. But the law of the Spirit of God is to force Satan to give up that which he has unrightfully, deceitfully taken from God. Souls of men... He took from God souls of women, sickness of the body, Satan placed upon people. Where God made him in his image to be like him. And the church is given the rightful legal rights by the Bible to take the Holy Spirit and enforce them, it upon them. 
Now, I'll tell you, I can't help but believe in miracles. Because I am a miracle. Amen. And so is everyone else that's born of the Spirit. Your greater miracle than the blind eyes open. Your greater, your greater miracle than, than the cripples walk. Amen. But I can't help but believe in miracles. Because I am a miracle. You know, I, I've, I've been through a season now where the devil has tried to convince me that my prayers are, and my faith is paralyzed. And I just want to say it is not. As I just thought about what Brother Branham said in this enforce, you know, he said, you can force a claim to make a restoration. I remember some time ago, it was with Brother John Lay that he was in a condition where that he had a nervous breakdown and his mind was out there in some land somewhere way beyond his body. And, and there he was just, you know, you know, out of reality. And there, as we, as we talked, and he got a little bit upset about uh, something there, and I just took him down to my house and away from others, and, and we were planting some bushes. I said, come help me plant some bushes. And, well, you know, I got down on my knees with him, by, by him, and here he was. You know, his wife had taken a break from him that day because she's having to watch his every move, and and was con- so concerned about him, I was giving her a break and kind of taking care of him that day. And, you know, and, and as we knelt down there to plant that, and we were packing dirt around the roots of that plant. While we were on our knees, I put my arm around him. And I said, God, my brother's mind is out there wandering way out yonder somewhere in the, in the, in the spirit world somewhere. I commanded to come back to his body. In just hours, he was completely and totally sane. Don't tell me. Amen. Now listen, if I have to encourage myself in the Lord today, I'll do it. Amen. If I have to brag on what God has done, I'll do it. If I have to testify of his goodness, I'll do it. I got a lot to talk about. Hallelujah. Amen. The faith of Christ within me has cast out devils. In America, in Africa, at youth camps, at home, and in this church. Hallelujah. Amen. It delivers alcoholics. One of my first in a home meeting as a lad of about 16, a drunk soldier came Leaned on the other side of the pulpit and breathed his liquor breath right in my face as he talked to me. And he said, Preacher, he interrupted the sermon that I was preaching and he said, Preacher, could God save a man like me? I've killed men in battle while I was in war and I did horrible things. And I looked back him and I was only 16. I looked him back in the face and I said, Yes, sir, my God will deliver you. He will, ex- he will save you from your sins. We, we prayed with him, and he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 
calling on the name of the Lord and was completely set free until God called him home. And I'll tell you, God will do it again. Hallelujah. He won't do it again. Bound, tormented, sick, lame, whatever it is. God will do it again because he's the resurrection and the life. And we have that life. Therefore, we are the resurrection. If you're dead, there's life here. Amen. If you're in sins, there's life here. If you're sick and diseased, there's life here. There's power. It'll deliver women from the demon of prostitution. I know it because I saw it happen. With a woman who came here from a Pentecostal church, shacking up with a Pentecostal boy, had kids by three men and was living with a man. She's like the woman at the well. And to add to her, her misery, she had a religious demon too that would hide behind speaking in tongues. And she'd speak in tongues and go get another man. But one day, in her hour of deliverance, the demons were cast out. She held a Christian testimony until the day I buried her. Let me talk about my God for a moment. Let me talk about resurrection life that can take a woman of that condition and change her in just a moment. No little sister down there in South Africa, it's not impossible for you. We serve a God of great possibility. We serve a God who brings out of death life. It takes someone that's so filthy and low down in sin and raise you up again and make a real daughter of God out of you. Not with no pretense of holiness, but God's own holiness living out of you. I had a young woman... As I reflected back for a moment, I had a young woman with a split personality. She was bipolar. She drove up to my house. She sat for a while in her, in her car and I waited for her to come in. My wife was home and we waited for her to come in. She, she wouldn't come in. She just kept sitting out there in the car. So after a bit, I went out. She's still just sitting in the car. She made no no offer to speak to me or nothing, just a stare. And I opened her door of her car. And she said, you open one door, I'll open the next. I got her to come in the house. And once inside, I saw she was a lunatic. She was full of demons. She began to growl. And the spirit began to speak of out of her blaspheme in the name of Jesus Christ. But by the power of God and the blood of Christ, using his names, those demons had to bow to the name and made her a lovely Christian lady until God called her home. You know why I'm talking about that? Because we have resurrection life that can take a woman bipolar. Split personality, demon possessed, a lunatic. Hallelujah. And make her a saint of God. I'm talking about the power of the resurrection. It's because we are a people of the resurrection. You all know the story. It's on it's actually on video in a prayer line at a youth camp. 
A young girl and was anointed with all the moment I anointed her with all immediately she crouched down like an animal growling I won't come out I won't come out she was swinging her hands at me trying to hit me you know just like a beast you know and her face was grotesque by, by those demons and speaking out I won't come out and growling at me and swinging at me but she couldn't connect it seemed as though there was an invisible wall between us. But I'll tell you the rest of the story. That spirit succumbed to the power of the name of Jesus. I'm talking about the name of Jesus. I'm talking about the resurrection. I'm talking about the life giver. I'm talking about people who were dead in sins and trespasses that he quickened, that he made alive. Hallelujah. Amen. Prayer delivers the sick. You remember Karen Emmons was about to go to surgery for cancer in the female glands. I went to see her the night before her surgery and I asked her, what do you want me to do with that cancer? And she looked back at me and she said, cut his head off. We prayed with her that night and the next morning the doctors were astounded. When they did surgery and what was on their scans was not there at all. Gone. We all know of Sister Alana Butts had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Amen. Looked like a hopeless case. But one day in the presence of God, because he's the resurrection, and we're people of the resurrection. Amen. The voice of God declared her enemy dead. Hallelujah. She went back to the next day to for an exam and got a scan. Felt no difference. Felt just as sick as ever. Went back in there. Got, got another scan. And the doctor comes back out and says, you don't have any cancer. She said, well, how often do you see these kind of results? Never. We never have. But I'm going to tell you, right in the presence of the resurrection life, somebody who was dying, one moment was alive, resurrected, back to health again. Hallelujah. I'll never forget one of our deacons, Brother Jerry Shaw, gasping for breath on oxygen, sitting there by the door in the old church there by my study. You remember it. I was, as, as I preached a sermon that day and the presence of God came down, the anointing was there and I walked by him on the way out to my, back into the study behind me and as I passed by him, I grabbed him and rebuked that thing in the name of the Lord and for the next three years, he didn't have to have supplemental oxygen. Why is it? It's because he's the resurrection and the life and we are the people of the resurrection. We can remember Brother Ron Spencer, brain dead. God sent me over there to pray for him. Amen. I didn't leave there with him still brain dead. Because the resurrection and the life walked into that building. 
and the prayer of faith was prayed and the prayers of all the saints ascended before the throne of God and God heard and God delivered and God raised him up to preach many, many more sermons and he'll do it again because he's the resurrection and the life and we are part of that life. Testify my own life. August the 10th, 2015, she was taken to the ICU with a brain bleed. I stood there with my children. They was all gathered together with me. My, my son, my, my daughters, my son-in-laws. And as I spoke, I just said, just trying to be a father and comfort them, I just said some things very in the natural, you know, children. Now, we are not here. I can see look of concern and fear upon their faces and what's happening to our mama. And I said, we, we are believers. And we're not going to fear. We're going to believe. Because that's what believers do. And when I said that, it just came out of my mouth. And as it did, it said, she will be in the IC room tonight. She will be in a regular room tomorrow night. And the next night, she will be at home in her own bed. Well, you know the story. She came home with, with partial blindness. She couldn't see. Her peripheral vision was gone. They talked about big glasses that they could do with somehow reflectors that they could do to, you know, be able to see again, get some of that back. She was there laying on the bed, kind of feeling sorry for herself, thinking about life. I was having to help her still to the bathroom and help her dress and help her shower and all of that. And she was just kind of wondering what life was going to be like. And she, about that time, my daughter Bethany brings little Drew down and sets him down at the end of the bed. A child that had been seen in the vision walking, but he's 18 months old. And he's never walked, can't pull up, can't crawl. He could sit alone. She sat him at the end of the bed while she walked over to do something for her mama. And as her mama's... Pity began to turn to praise. The Spirit of God began to sweep over that bed and her, her eyesight came back. And at that moment, it swept down over the bed. Is somebody listening? And a little baby who had never crawled, never walked, got up out of the floor by itself and ran all over my house. Oh yeah, I know because he's the resurrection and the life. I know because we are the people at the resurrection. Let me just rehearse it. Following Wednesday night, God had told me to have a prayer line. Brother Wayne Lawson was preaching here that night. In that prayer line, I waited until I, I felt the spirit was right. I went and got Sister Karen. She was there in, in a recliner in my back room, back uh, study. And I went and got her, brought her out, and we prayed with her. 
The Holy Spirit come down upon her and for the next two hours she stood there and praised God. While we were continued with the prayer line and that very night, there was a little girl that came up into the prayer line and said, I want my brother saved. He's living a life of sin. I want him saved. I want him to return to God. And our family is broke apart. I've got to have my brother saved. We prayed for her. And in a little bit, here comes her brother. God has jerked him up out of the bed, drug him to the house of God. He's still in his, uh, his night clothes. And he staggers down to an altar and gives his heart to God. And he's still serving God this morning. God bless you, Justin Ware. Stand up right there. It's a testimony that I am the resurrection and the life. And that we are people of the resurrection. Hallelujah. It's a testimony to every one of you. God can go out and get your kids. God can get the prodigals. God can call them all home. Because he is the resurrection and the life. Little Jed was there in that prayer line, one of the last come up. Seemed like to me, warts was all over his little body. Did burn a hundred of them off that day. Had so many more, said, I can't do any more today. We'll have to bring him back and burn a bunch more. But one moment in the presence of life, death had to go. Warts had to leave. Hundreds of them vanished off of a body. I'm talking about the resurrection and the life. I can remember the time when Jude Oglesby, a baby that was stunted with kidneys that didn't work. His, his, his diaper would be dry every morning. But one service. You know, it only takes one moment. Just one moment in his presence. Amen. One service, the Spirit of God moved on his mother saying, take that baby for prayer. And she ran to the altar with her baby and that affliction was cursed. And it died that day. And life came in the kidneys that were dead. Are you with me? And that affliction was cursed. And the next morning, that baby diaper was wet. She took him back to the doctor and he showed completely healed kidneys. No problem. Hallelujah. What about the Holy Ghost? What about that? What about the miracle of salvation? Amen. There's Aaron Oglesby right here, cold, lukewarm, indifferent, church member. Sports was his idol. One service, God pricked his heart, and he said, I'm going to make an appointment with Brother Tim, and I got to talk things over with him. But then he got real said, I know I won't do that. I'm just putting it off. And down the aisle that he came and there God changed his life forever and resurrected him out of sin into life and has made a preacher of the gospel out of him. Hallelujah. Amen. If he'll do that for Linda and Ross' children, he'll do it for your children and your children's children. It's good for you. It's good for them that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God hasn't quit saving. He's still working miracles. 
You know, God speaks. I've heard his voice. Oh, yeah, I know I've heard his voice. The devil can't tell me I didn't hear his voice. There's Kenneth Middleton sitting back there. A man who could lie better than he could tell the truth. A cheater, ladies' man. Oh, my, he was a slicker. To the point I turned him over to the devil. This church did. Put him out. But God didn't give up on him. Amen. God didn't give up on him. He got down on his back lying in the hospital, and I went to him and said, Kenneth, Jesus still saves, and there's hope for you. Hallelujah. One moment in his presence, the life came. Oh, he had tried church before. He had been a faithful member before. He had professions before, but this time the life giver came in. Resurrection life, and the old man died. And the Kenneth Middleton I just talked about don't exist anymore. He's dead. He's dead. He don't live anymore. Amen, but there's a new Kenneth Middleton. Now, don't look a little sanctimonious. We, wouldn't, we, were, we weren't all saints. We weren't all natural-born Christians. Ephesians 2 we, we read about it a while ago that we walked in times past in sins and trespasses. When we were dead in sins, he made us alive together in Christ. But let me tell you who made up the New Testament church. You'll understand who will make up this end time church. The kind of church that was at the beginning, God had a church like he wanted it. In the end, God will again have a church like he wanted it. And this, this here, the kind of people that made up the New Testament church, and they, they're the kind that, you know, God has come to say, he's not come to save good people. He's come to save his own. And listen, his own gets in all kinds of jams and messes. Before they come, because Satan can see there's something different about that boy or girl. So he starts working on them early. Trying to cover them up with every kind of sin and darkness and unbelief. Yes, the woman at the well was that kind of woman. She, you know, she was a predestinated seed. But Satan come along and did everything. Mm. So I just wonder about her. So he gets her down into every kind of darkness. She had physical darkness of having, having six men and you know, the one she's living with was not her husband. Five were, she had lived, uh, married, and one she's living with she wasn't even married to. And she just really had some real issues. Not only that, she was a religious sinner. It's amazing to me how people can be so black in their soul and so religious. So she has all of these questions for Jesus. You know, about word of worship. What to do? You say this, and Nathan, we say this, and what do you say? And all these other things. She was, she was ready to argue the gospel. Defend her position. A sinner. And Jesus began to discern her heart and told her what her trouble was. Because why? There was a divine appointment for her life. And there... 
they're standing there. She met the life giver. One moment in his presence. She threw her water pot down. Amen. It wasn't so important anymore. And here she runs to go tell him, come see a man who told me the things I've done. Isn't this the very Messiah? First Corinthians 6 and 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor feminine, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. None of these shall. Looks pretty damn, pretty hopeless, don't it? But then the next verse says, and of such were some of you. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you have been declared righteous, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. I'm glad the other wasn't the end of the story. I'm glad there was a conjunction that said, and such were some of you, but you are lost, sanctified, justified. Kenneth became a lovely Christian. He's read his Bible from cover to cover over 50 times now. Most of us can't say that. I can't. He has listened to every sermon of Brother Branham's now several times over. And the devil's tried to kill him with cancer, with heart trouble. He's crippled him up, but he can't stop him from loving and serving Jesus. All them things, and he stopped him. Amen. But having lived such a sinful life, one day he was wondering if Jesus loved him. He said, Jesus, I know you love me. But if you could just somehow tell me that you love me. He was drinking some tea. Got down to the end of it. He's sitting by this telephone. There on kind of a high chair stool. He could at that time still walk around just a little bit. Holding on to something. Holding on to the bar of the house there. He decided to go back and, and get his tea jug filled up again. And he was walking along, sliding his cup along, sliding his cup along, holding down, crippling along. Jesus, you know I love you, but if you could just tell me, if somehow or another you could just tell me that you love me, wouldn't you like to hear him say it sometimes? said, it means so much to me. You wouldn't have to do it, Lord. You've told me in your word you love me and all that. But if somehow you could just, just make it personal to me. At that moment, as he walked back around there and he, he got back to his chair and, and he sat down, took a, drip, a drink of his tea and said, hey, man. And as he finished his prayer, the phone rang. And I was down in my barn there doing some chores in the morning. And the voice of God spoke to me. He said, go call Kenneth Middleton and tell him these words. I love him. 
And on the other end of the line, when he answered, I said, Brother Kenneth, I don't know what's going on, but I want you to know God just spoke to me to tell you uh, he loves you. Amen. That's it. You see, sometimes we think, oh, we've done so much and we made so many mistakes. And God couldn't love me. He's a personal God and a personal Savior. He'll go to the extreme to get his children. He'll not lose a one of them. So I'll just tell you, devil, don't you tell me my prayers are ineffective. Hallelujah. You see, resurrection is regeneration. It means to breathe life into. It breathes life into the Bible. It makes scriptures that lay dormant for centuries come alive. Amen. But it's more than the written word now. A lot of people think, oh, the, the message is the word, the word, the word. It, you know, it's more than a written word. It's more than tapes. It's more than books. It, it is more than the, than the logos, the written word. It's the rima, the word in action. And God breathed life into Malachi 4. And it became flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. And God sent Elijah. But he didn't just send Elijah. He sent, he said, I'd send unto you. You're in Malachi 4. I send unto you, Elijah the prophet. You see, it wouldn't do no good to send him if there wasn't somebody going to receive him. Hallelujah. So God breathed life in that scripture. And because of life in that scripture, you are here today, hearing the message and believing the message of Malachi 4 because God sent it personally to you, your message. God breathed life in the Luke 17:30. As it was in the days of Sodom. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man or when the Son of Man is revealed. Revelation 10, 7, where he says, in the day that, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished. Now life is also coming to Revelation 10, 8. Thou must prophesy again. As we prophesy again and the voice speaks The bride speaks the last prophecy. Now remember, in her voice is life. It was the voice of the prophet Ezekiel that was commanded, you know, to say to the dry bones, live. Amen. And so this bride is the same. She is the final voice to the final age. And it will be the voice of God within her that actually calls the dead of the seven ages from the grave. Now, I'm not talking about some hoodoo, something of going out and waving a wand over the cemetery, you know, and raising them up. I'm talking about when our life matches the promise of the hour and we fulfill the words that is written of us, the dead in Christ will be called to meet us. Because we are are the voice of the resurrection. The people of the resurrection. Now, this word resurrection means to revitalize, to re-energize. Brother Branham would say this in Wisdom versus Faith, that the disciples had it so to them, then the Spirit came to energize the word, see, 
not by power, not by might, nor by wisdom, nor by understanding, not by this, not by that, but by my spirit. I will energize my word. My spirit, saith the Lord. It's the water of the word of faith that energizes the word of God and makes it work. So how can you preach doubt and energize the word of God? That kills the word and it makes it ineffective. Amen. When you preach doubt like he's off the mercy seat, that's doubt. That's unbelief. That's confusion. That's darkness. It'll never produce faith. He is not off the mercy seat. He ever liveth to make intercession. Amen. On our behalf, he lives to do it. He lives to take your need before the Father. Come on, church. Amen. When you preach that we're, we're, we're just not in the season for miracles, you're lying to the people. You're discrediting the promise of the word. When you project, it was only for Brother Branham and not for all believers, you're projecting doubt. When you say we're waiting on the third pull, that's a lie. We're not waiting on the third pull. We're part of the third pull or phase of Brother Branham's ministry. The third pull was the opening of those seven seals, revealing of the mystery that took the seals off the book so every promise could be yours. We are living out the third phase of Brother Bradley's ministry. It continues on in a bride people. Is it work right now? Resurrection is a reinvigoration. It means to put strength and life and heart into Question answered. Brother Branham said this. Now, I'm going on to the Holy Spirit. When I get here, I'm in the Holy Spirit by baptism. Is that right? What does the Holy Spirit do? It gives me power. Power to be a preacher. What good is preaching without the anointing? What good is preaching with just lecture? What is it people just get it up, you know, and, and they got a dry word, say, well, you know, I, I, I'm a teacher. A teacher is not somebody with a dry word. The word has got to be anointed or it's dead. Otherwise, your letter killeth instead of gives life. Amen. What we preach has to be anointed. I've heard ministers in the message, big name preachers, actually stand up and say, oh, you know, I can, I can preach without the anointing. I say, oh, God, don't never let me do that. I don't ever want to get up and not have your anointing. That ain't nothing to brag about, that I can preach without God. I got to have it. It gives power to the preacher. Don't stop there. Gives power to the singer. Isn't it wonderful to hear anointed singer? Not just something that makes a pretty noise, but where you know the anointing. It comes down. It bathes over the soul. It cleanses. It preaches a sermon within itself. It brings healing. Deliverance. With anointed singing, because he gives power to be a singer. It gives power to speak in tongues. Uh-oh. Don't hang up on me. Because it also gives power to interpret tongues. It's full of power for the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit is the power of God. It was the power of God that turned me around. It was the power of God that sanctified me. Now it's the power of God that filled me. What is the Holy Ghost for, Brother Branham asked? 
preached a whole sermon about it. He said the Holy Ghost came to give you power. Power in prayer. You take a person that's lived a good life, but they're always defeated, a good person. Oh, sure, I love the Lord, Brother Branham, but always defeated. They never get a prayer answered. You feel that little woman with the Holy Ghost one time, watch what takes place. When she goes before the throne of God, she's not defeated. She comes boldly to the throne of God believing. She has a right because she is a daughter of God by birth. Hallelujah. Amen, that's the first thing you do when you go to God is position yourself in the right position. I'm not coming a beggar. I'm not a stranger. I'm not an outcast. I'm one of your children, God, and I'm knocking on your door because I've got a need in my life. That's the way you approach God, knowing your position. Take that little man so cowardly, boss kick him all over the place, wait here a minute, Something's changed. He's got the Holy Ghost. He gives you power. Your life is full of power. And because we're people of the resurrection, we have a theophany waiting. As Brother Branham would say this, the Lord Jesus that was back there in the days of the apostles is right here now. And it's just winding up the end of the Gentiles. A great move that's going on. Just supernatural believers because we believe that God is here. Just think your glorified body is right here in the tabernacle now. The presence of the Holy Spirit, which is your glorified condition. Oh, you're glorified in Christ right now. Those who justified, he glorified. And your own glorified body, he's talking about the Holy Ghost, is standing right near you right now in, into, uh, in Christ Jesus to give you strength like a charge going into a battery. And the Holy Spirit is in you to charge your body, to give you new strength, to heal you from the sickness you got, to make you well. I say, oh God, let me get connected. Amen. It's time that we get come into the presence of God and just get connected. Where there's nothing between me and the Savior and the current can flow right from the theophany realm. Come on. Right from the Holy Ghost, right into you and empower you. Hallelujah. Amen. Raise you up out of your confusion, out of your doubts, out of your unbelief. Make a real child of God out of you. Resurrection is a renewal. It's resuming an activity or a state after an interruption. Now, a renewal. Let's think about that for a minute. You know, sometimes... An old eagle gets blown down from the heights. Sometimes things happen to you that literally knock the breath out of you. I can say not in a million years, never, that I ever think I'd be standing here today a widower. Never was in my thinking. I expected God all along. I've seen him do it before. I've seen him raise her up before. I've seen her that low before. I've seen God come on the scene before. But I felt like the old eagle Brother Branham saw sitting on a limb, blown down by a storm. And a little chipmunk of a devil 
screaming out blasphemies in the ears. Days of miracles are past and God don't hear your prayers and all kinds of nonsense. Days of miracles have passed. You know, it's a bunch of holy rollers, nothing to them. It's just a bunch of make-believe, speaking in tongues, make-believe, chatter, chatter, chatter. All this nonsense is all just worked up. You just see, getting them enthused, you know, no such a thing. God don't keep his word. Christ ain't the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, he's chattered in my ears. You say, Brother Tim, you? Yeah, he's chattered in my ears. He got Jesus here one day and got him, uh, tried to get him to question if he's the son of God. Come on. I mean, tried to get him to question and prove whether he was. And, you know, and, 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 you know, you can look around and you say, yeah, God answers prayer, but he didn't hear my prayers no more. It makes you question. Did you fail God somewhere? Did you do something? Did you make a mistake? Did, is there something you don't know? Hey, he's tried to make me feel sorry for myself. But I ain't having none of that. Because after a while, I know the devil's going to be feeling sorry for himself. Amen. He ain't seen nothing to what's coming. He's made me feel alone and forsaken, but that's impossible. Because Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen. The Joshua Commission is, and that's the ministry that follows Moses. Remember Joshua 1 and 5. There shall not be any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it from the right hand to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Speak that word. Keep it there on your lips. Amen. Deny your doubts. Confess what the word said about you. Meditate in it day and night. Search it out. See where it spoke about you. That thou may observe to do all that is written in them. There is word to be fulfilled. That thou may make thy way prosperous. That thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whithersoever thou goest. Hallelujah. Brother Brandon would look there at that old eagle and say, well, God, what do you want me to see in this eagle? You know, you know, here I was shouting around and around and around, God in his universe, and now I see over here, here's an old eagle up there. On, what's about him? And he said, I noticed one thing about him. He said, he's brave. He's not a coward. God can't use a coward. God can't use you being fearful and afraid either. One of the worst things about this whole COVID thing has been fear. People are afraid. They're afraid. You've met the devil now. You know it's really not nothing to be afraid of. Right? Amen. An eagle is brave. And he said, number two, he said he, 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 said he noticed there he kept flexing his wings. Amen. He had confidence in those, in those God-given wings. Amen. And and, then he explained that and he said, this is the word and the one who wrote 
the word is my wings. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, I, 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 I tell you, Brother Jim, I'm, I, I can't fly. Oh, yes, you can. Amen. If you got God, you can. Amen. Because then if you have God, you have wings. Wings that will lift you up above the shadows. Hallelujah. Take you into higher heights than you've ever been before. See that all things are possible to them that believe. He said, just set your wings and say, Jesus Christ, I love you, I trust you, and hold this blessed old two-winged book here and just fly away, for he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, if you're on your perch today, if you've been resting, maybe you're weary in the battle, maybe you're perhaps delusion, life has thrown a curveball at you, and you think you've struck out, Maybe life's game hadn't been good to you. But I want to give you some news this morning. God has equipped you with some wings. You do not have to remain on that perch forever. The winds of the Holy Spirit are blowing. Hallelujah. Amen. You can feel it right now blowing by. Glory to God. Amen. Just have enough faith to start trying your wings. The word never fails. The word never fails. You can have a confidence in every promise in this two-winged Bible. He's got in the Old Testament. He's got in the New Testament. It's all good and it's all for you. All you got to do is take there and leap out with a leap of faith and spread those wings as the Holy Spirit comes by. You say, but I'm weak, Brother Tim, but you're still an eagle. Come on. Hey man, you, I'm a weak, you know, I've been blown down. I'm on the perch. I, I've been here. You don't stay there forever. Hey man, you're an eagle. Eagles wasn't meant to perch all the time. They're meant to fly in the heavenlies. Hey man, you're, you're still an eagle. The chipmunk can never make you earthbound. Your prayers don't work. God ain't answering. God ain't moving. My kids are just as bad as ever. My job is going sour. This is happening there. My wife ain't this way and my, my husband ain't that way. And chipmunk, chipmunk just yelling at you. And amen. Isn't it time to leave the chipmunk? Amen. That old devil that has been whispering in your ears and telling you you're a failure. You're not a failure. Amen, just because a storm might have blowed you down, you got weary in battle. That don't mean you're a failure. You still got wings. Hallelujah. You still got God on your side. There's still the Holy Spirit blowing his wind. Feel it roughing through your feathers. Spread out them wings there of amazing grace and fly into heavens where all things are possible. He's still got the resurrection and the life. Brother Bradham said, and as the eagle stirs her nest, the eagle rest- renews his youth. The revival takes and shakes all the old funny feelings from you. And you fly out in that atmosphere yonder. He likened his heritage to an eagle because the eagle renews his youth, makes him shout. Amen. You know, the ch- you watch the church. Listen now. It'll be sitting all dry. And the first thing you know, the Holy Spirit strikes them. Why, the old people. We think this is just about young people having a victory dance. 
while the old people just jump up on their feet, jumping and shouting and praising God. It renews their youth again. That's right. Do anything a young person can do. Just jump, holler, scream, and shout. He renews his youth. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what it'll do to an old person. Amen. God's no respect for a person. You don't have to sit there so dignified in your ways. Come on. The Holy Spirit begins to move out. You move with it. You don't quench the Spirit. You move out in the Spirit where all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. He said, I looked there and I watched that eagle begin to set his wings. He said he didn't flop from church to church. He didn't run from pillar to post. He didn't join this doctrine and join that doctrine. He said he just set his wings in the current of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I just, I just started crying. I said, Lord, I'm going to have another spell just as sure as the world. And I've watched him until he became a little black dot way up in the air. And I said, Lord, that's it, Lord. It isn't join this or go join that or flap, flap here, and flop, flop there from one place to another. It's knowing how to set your wings in the power of faith and fly away. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the way I want to do. I want to rise up above all the noise of the chipmunk where I don't even hear it anymore. And I'm flying so high they can't even see me in the sky until one day I get so close to there I don't come back here again. Hallelujah. That's the way he did. He walked with God. He had a progression. He kept on walking, taking another step. I say, little children, take another step this morning. Let move a little higher. Amen. You're not through with your walk. One day you'll get so close there, you'll be closer there than here, and you'll be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah, set your wings when the Holy Spirit comes in like a way, just ride up on it. Hallelujah, go way on up, up, up till you can't even hear it no more. Amen, that's the way it is, get so high in the atmospheres till you can't hear the chatter, chatter. Well, I've tried before and I've failed. I'm a hopeless case. I just can't make it. I can't serve God. Well, you sure can't serve God. And mammon, give up mammon. Give up the world. Give up sin. Surrender your life. You'll never make it trying to serve two. You've got to walk with a single eye where you see Jesus only. Then he'll resurrect you out of that life. Make you a real son or daughter of God. Let the musicians come now. They that wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. We are in the days of the bride's revival. There's been denominational stirrings, but it took the seven thunders to wake up this bride. The voice of God spoke, spoke out, revealing the symbols and mysteries under the seven seals. The word the church got off track opened up the book to us and we're standing here today the people of the open book not a closed book there's not one seal that's still left on it and we can't look all the seven seals are open
Why? Because the resurrection is an awakening, a stirring up. Stirring up. Why don't you just ask God, stir me this morning. Stir me. I want off the perch. Perch may be one of your self-pity. So life happened to me. I've had horrible things happen. Join the club. Friends have turned against me. Join the club. There's nothing's happened to you that ain't common to man. Somebody else has experienced worse. I lost a dear wife. 45 years of marriage. There's been others that's had much worse condition. A horrible death, a horrible divorce have been worse than a death. Because you live and you live with it. But God's a healer of broken hearts. He's the mender of the soul. He's the one who's blowing this morning. Says you can fly. You were born to fly. You wasn't meant to stay there and drown in your self-pity, your unbelief. You were meant to fly in the realms where all things are possible. you look and see we're the people of the resurrection life has come forth out of corruption some of you were so corrupted it was more than Lazarus with a nose fell in every part of your being was a mess hopeless without God in a dying condition dead but God rich in mercy he's there to lift you up today and make you rise in the realms of grace let's let's talk to him just a moment Jesus thank you for encouraging me today Thank you for life. Thank you for the awakening. Resurrection is awakening. We have been wakened. Like Zechariah in the vision. When he was awakened like a man that was in his sleep, he saw things that moment before was unseen. Once he's awake, he could see him. There was something supernatural going on. Seven golden candlesticks Oh, scenes that he couldn't see until he was awakened. That's us, Lord. There's been an awakening. We've been stirred. The alarm clock has went off. We'll not go back to sleep. We'll not remain on a perch. We'll fly into the heavens where all things are possible to them that believe. 
I pray, dear God, that you'll bless your people today. There are needs that are here among us. There are those that are dead. Dead in sins. Maybe their first time hearing that and realizing their condition where they're at, that they're dead. But they're not hopeless. Lazarus was dead, but not hopeless. I was dead in sin, but not hopeless. Because of that word, but. God rich in mercy. Thank you for that mercy. I pray that you'll touch lives and hearts today. In Jesus' name. They that wait upon the Lord, He shall renew their strength. Bound up with their ego, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. today that the Lord sent come all the way from Virginia I believe God sent him here he's a man that needs deliverance I believe he's at the right place I believe he's at the place where there's resurrection life that though he be dead and sins and trespasses that God's here to save him and we'll confess our sins, we'll be forgiven. We'll make our things right and really come in earnest sincerity with God and not play games. God will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of our iniquities. Brother Herb Spangler, come on down here. We're going to pray with this man today. We're going to pray with him. He's a man that needs Jesus. He's a desperate soul. I love you, brother. Christian and profess to be a preacher and 
You've lived a double life. You're the name and Brother Ron was preaching about. One of them. But you're here today to get right with Jesus. Amen. Why don't you just tell them that you're through with sin. To everybody that is over on the internet, I'm through with sin. I've lived a double life for the last few years. I've lived a lie. But today that's all going to change forever. Amen. I believe it. I believe it. Turn right around here, my brother. Amen. I love you in Jesus' name. I bring you to the throne of grace. Think of him, Lord, you said for us that if a brother be overtaken with a fault, that those that are spiritual restore him with the spirit of meekness, considering themselves, let they also be tempted. Lord, you can save to the uttermost. This man has served the gods of alcohol. But today he renounces that God. He's uh, served the God of where he wanted to control and anger. These things that would come in his life, Lord. He's lived behind the lie. But today, in the presence of the Almighty God, he comes clean. He repents. Lord, you are the resurrection and the life. That though he were dead, yet shall he live. Today I curse and drive from him this spirit that has made him drink. And he's looked to the God that was in the bottle and stood the God of the Bible. In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, you have been exposed. And today I cast you out and claim the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary for him right now in Jesus name for the glory of God that he be set free to serve the living God that today this will no longer be the thing he leans upon but he leans on the everlasting arms today free free hallelujah amen he doesn't belong to the devil he's a child of the most high God amen may he spread his wings today Come up with that perch of pity and feeling sorry for himself and being miserable and fly into the realms where that he sees all things are possible. In the name of Jesus, I ask it for your glory. Amen. 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 Stand to your feet right now. Won't you rejoice with me right now? Hallelujah. The Bible said that angels in heaven rejoice. There's rejoicing in the presence of angels when one sinner comes to repentance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the resurrection and the life. Joe Herbstangler was dead, yet shall he live. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to this testimony. Say it again. I'm free. Hallelujah. He that the Son 
set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He can go back a new man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A new man. A new man resurrected out of dead works to serve the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Go walk in the newness of life now. In Jesus' name. You might help me back to the seat, Brother Aaron. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory! We're one closer to the rapture. One closer to the rapture. When the last one comes in, there's a bride going home. We're one closer. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. For a long time I traveled. Down a long, long 